A From Dublin to Cleveland production. Hello and welcome to From Dublin to Cleveland. I am Logan, emanating from a snowy, cold, miserable Cleveland, Ohio. And I am joined by hopefully a person who's living in a sunnier, warmer climate, <laughs> Brendan Merritt. <laughs> No to all those things, but we don't have the snow. <laughs> all right, look at that. <laughs> we have the misery anyway, and so, the coldness, but no snow. <laughs> misery and coldness, but no snow. Um, well, to do something a little different today, I'm going to let you guys know where you can get a hold of us. So that uh, just to put it at a different spot in the episode, um, so you can get a hold of us and send us a message at from Dublin. Uh, to Cleveland at gmail.com. So if you could send us an email, we'd love to hear from you. Um, Cause apparently putting at the end of the show, nobody ever gives us an email. So we're very sad. Send us an email. Um, but what we're going to do today is we're going to play the first time game. We're going to play my, my first time, the game. So um, it's pretty straightforward. These are uh, questions that I'm going to ask Brendan and I'm going to answer as well that uh our first time what was our first time experiencing or going through this thing these are not dirty in any way there is no um innuendos no fishy things no darkness like we sometimes like um all light clean fun happy things so uh with that being said um we're gonna get into our first question so brendan what is the first time you ever got lost I, up until recently, was absolutely chronic for getting lost everywhere I went. Um, I've been lost in Belfast, in Ireland, in Northern Ireland, um, literally in streets where one side was pro the Union of Britain, and the other side were pro joining the Republic, and uh, that was nasty. Um, I've been lost in more countries than I can count. <laughs> I've been lost in Dublin, our, our main city in the Republic. But the first time I ever got lost, I was in Scotland. And now that I see it, it may have possibly been Wales. It was Wales. <laughs> Scratch that last night, it was Wales. <laughs> and uh, we were staying in houses and across from houses of park. So my sister and I went to the park one morning um, and after, I don't know, 20 minutes or so, she got bored and was like, I'm going back to the house. And I said, that's okay. I want to play here for another few minutes. But, you know, when you're like five and you've got no one to play with, you kind of get a little bit lonely pretty quickly. So um, I decided to go back to the house. But all of the houses looked exactly the same and I did not know which one oh, no. we had actually been staying in and next thing a white man came along and there was a woman with a very big some might say overly wide smile on her face who asked hi are you all right and I was standing there in floods of tears crying no 
don't know where I live. And she said, that's okay. Come into my white van. I'll help you. And I got in. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Part two may or may not be revealed in a future episode. Logan, what about you? <laughs> oh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I have nothing as, as crazy as that story. Um, I... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, um, I, 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 Walmart. I've I've gotten lost at Walmart a couple times. Can't find you know whoever you went with, whether it's my mom or um, my family. So that's probably mm-hmm. the main place I end up getting lost in. But it's not like a huge town or anything like that. It's just Walmart. You just get lost in Walmart. Can't find anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, that's. I think that was probably the first time I got lost. I am a very. Um, I always try to pay attention to the details because I want to mm. know like where I'm at and where I am at in relation to other things. Um, so for instance, uh, we, I know mm. that the lake where I live, so Lake Erie is North. So that means um, if I can place and figure out where North is, then I know I'm always going towards the lake. So if I'm driving, I don't get lost because I know North is the lake. If you just keep going North, you're eventually going to hit the lake. Um so that's my uh my way of figuring that out um you know there's also i've also read bunches of like uh survival stuff about how to figure out where the uh how many branches or leaves are on certain trees and which way that means because it depending on what hemisphere you're in um so i try not to get lost being lost is not like a fear of mine i don't enjoy being lost um but i do everything i can to make sure i'm not I'm not getting lost. <laughs> um, so yeah, mine's a little more boring than Brendan getting kidnapped. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, uh, next question. The uh, <laughs> the uh, first time that you've ever crashed a car or been in a, a car accident. Never. I lie. <laughs> um, not all that many months ago, actually. It was it was last year. Um, I had my provisional test coming up. Uh, my sorry, my theory test. Um, in Ireland, we have two tests, and one of them they ask you like forty questions about the rules of the road and this kind of nonsense, and then you need to do twelve lessons with a qualified instructor minimum and then you can actually do your actual driving test behind the wheel of a car and about one or two days before my um theory test i just got this notion dangerous things notions are and i said you know what i think it would be wrong to do a theory test about driving when i have never actually driven before wouldn't it make so much more sense to have some learned experience rather than just book knowledge. Now, usually I am the exact opposite. Usually I'm all for the books and, you know, to hell with people's actual lives. But uh, this particular day, <laughs> I got this notion that I would hop behind the wheel of a car without the supervision or guidance or permission of the car owner or a qualified instructor. 
and tried to uh, take it for a wee drive. I did not get very far before I rammed into a wall and caused the car 1,000 euros worth of damage. Because <laughs> when I first hit the car, I was Oof. like, oh my goodness, we're all going to die. Um, yeah. And then I reversed <laughs> it. Um, and whatever way I walked around the car, it actually, the part that looked, that looked fine. And I was like, oh my goodness, Jesus, it's a miracle. And then I walked around the back. <laughs> And the entire like passenger side of of it w- w- was was crushed, lights smashed, and um, the passenger door had both Oof. been pushed in and out. <laughs> um, the wall that hit was just like streaked in azure blue, and I thought, "Yep, I'm a dead man." <laughs> And I've never crashed again. Yeah. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> I'd buy that yet in the name of Jesus. <laughs> um yes, yes. So uh I have never crashed the car. Um my dad and mom have a couple times. My first car accident, I believe I was in um, I was with my, uh, cousin and we were driving from, uh, her school. I don't know. I think I had gotten picked up or something from there. So we were driving from her school and we were going on the highway mm-hmm. and a semi truck passed. It was a really windy, snowy day. And it's sort of like after the, the truck passed, it grabbed us in its mm-hmm. like wake stream and spun us around and into the median. Um, and thankfully, we were about five to six feet from like hitting uh, hitting the guardrail. So thankfully, we didn't hit the guardrail. Um, but that was a little freaky and a little scary. And wow. one of those um, times when you have no control of the situation hmm. um, easily could have oh been the end of us. Because like I said, we were five or six feet from the guardrail. And the guardrail over the guardrail is just a straight fall down into uh, another busy roadway. So... Um, I'm very grateful that God took care of us and protect us that day because it could have gone a lot worse. So, yeah. Crashing the car is not a good thing. <laughs> um, uh, next uh, next question. First time winning something. No, I first won something when I was in junior infants. So for us, we have play school, mm. which is what you would call kindergarten. Um, and then after that, yeah. what you call elementary school, we call primary school. So as in junior infants, which would be the four to five, maybe five to six year old age group. And I got student of the year. I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that I was told to come to school like at nighttime, stand on a stage with all these older kids, and I was given a book. <laughs> it was fun. It was animal themed, and when you open up the pages, like you know, animal heads would would, would pop out, and um, the others had obviously been to award ceremonies before or had some concept of what was happening, so they all knew to walk off stage. 
go around the back into effectively a corridor and get their photograph taken for yeah. the local newspaper. And I just stood on stage looking at all these hundreds of parents, not knowing why my co-winners had departed and uh, what I was supposed to do next. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just stood there like gaping, just slightly embarrassed. <laughs> it's kind of becoming a Christian. You win, but all that follows is shame. <laughs> Uh, what about yourself um so for me my first time uh winning something i was a little baby i was probably one to two years old um and i won cutest baby in lorraine county so there is the our state of ohio is broken into like little um little counties so there's probably i think there's 88 of them or something like that don't quote me on that but i think there's 88 different counties and so one of the counties is lorraine county Mm. and so i got cutest baby for lorraine county so i was uh i was the i was in a newspaper i got a dresser (laughs) and um crib and had giraffes and elephants on it and it was it was really cool so i don't um i don't remember it i have the picture of it but um i was really cute baby so um if anyone would like to see my baby picture please send us an email this is another cheap plug (laughs) to send us an email (laughs) Um, (laughs) you to be more coming or yes Self-esteem yes, depends on yes. it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, so, Brendan, the, what is the first time someone else liked, liked you? Or as, you know, to put it more simply, if someone's confused by that, what is the first time someone else had a crush on you? Well, I was not one or two. I can give you that much information anyway, unlike yourself. <laughs> no one gave me a free grip. <laughs> um, let me see. I was, I don't know, maybe six or seven. I started young. Hmm. Uh, what happened? I'd end up in this trajectory in life. But <laughs> given such a promising start. I got like six or seven, and it was one of the girls in our estate. Sorry, my estate. Um, you know, like when kids of that age, I don't even know if they still play, like you know, kiss catch and tip the can and kiss behind the lamp post. Now I don't know what kids are doing mm-hmm. these days, mm-hmm. but that, you know that was all the all the rave back in the nineties. I was, yes, I I was well versed in the art of. Lip smacking back then. <laughs> <laughs> it has since ended, and now I'm waiting for the one. My pillow has to make do until then. What <laughs> <laughs> about yourself? Um, oh boy, what a story. <laughs> um, so I think there was probably, when I was little, there was probably some girl that had a crush on me. I didn't. I don't think there was one that I knew for sure of. Um, so it didn't really happen until I was older when I started to figure out that there were 
there were girls who had crushes on me. Um, and ironically, the one that I first noticed for sure that can confirm was three years ago. Um, so I would have been 22 years old. Um, I was working at the grocery, I was working at a grocery store okay. at the time. Um, and this, this girl had been the niece of the boss. Um, I'm not going to say her name because she doesn't need to be, you know, immortalized or anything like that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, she was 17 years older than me. So she was 39. I was 22. Um, <laughs> and let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not one of those people who's interested in age is just like wildly. It is, but I'm not one who's interested in wildly, uh, wildly people who are wildly older than me. You know, I don't, I don't play those games. Um, but, uh, for some reason she thought because I was a really nice person, which, you know, I am, I am a nice guy. I, I do nice things. I help people out. I, I, uh, help, help people, but she, she thought that I was interested in her. So she would, um, she would always fix my collar at work. She would come up to me and start fixing my collar okay. if it was off, which is a no, no for me. Cause I am not a big touch guy. Get your hands off me. You filthy animals. Um, <laughs> um but <laughs> But, uh, so she would do that. She would, you know, she invited me to a couple of things with a couple other of the coworkers. So I would go because, you know, the other coworkers, I enjoy spending time with them. So I'd go. Um, and I find all this time, my parents were like, yeah, I think she has a crush on you. And I'm like, no, nah, she's 17 years older than me. There's no way. There's no way that's going to happen. No, let's not even, let's not even pretend that's a thing. Um, until I accidentally told her that of somebody else that I liked or had a crush on because I, that she'd asked who I had a crush on. So I genuinely answered and, uh, she would not talk to me for mm. four or five days and wouldn't say anything. And, um, yeah, so that was not Very a, nice. uh, not a fun situation, but I, I learned that actually somebody had a crush on me. Now, next time I'm hoping for somebody who's no, like 17 no. years older than me and actually in my age bracket, but, um, you know, beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh. Watch this. All right. Yes. And hopefully by the time this other one comes along, you'll be calling really women filthy animals. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully not. <laughs> it might be pretty. Uh, um, all right. So. Dangerous places that you build in your life. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, I think this one will probably serve as our last question because I see we're coming up on 20, 20 minutes. So, um, but the first, what was your first day of college? Hmm. Wow. Okay. So I went to what some Irish people might recognize as Maynooth University back when it was called the National University of Maynooth. They changed the title, mm. even on the bins, uh, in my master's year. Um, I went there to study English, history, and 
ancient civilization. But then on the first day, I just got this notion. Mm. <laughs> so I completely changed the course, which I'd done. So instead, I did I chose um, English single honors and history minor, which was basically the English, the general English curriculum, but also included creative writing classes as well, and a few other seminars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't know anyone actually when I first went. So like, there were some people like from my secondary school. Who I knew it were were going to that college, but um, uh, we weren't we weren't friends by that stage. So I was kind of walking around, just thinking, "Oh God, help! I need to make a friend. I don't want to be all alone." And that next thing, poof, this girl appeared named Maggie, and um, I was like, "Hi, it's my first day here. Please be my friend." And she was like. It's my first day here. Let's be friends. And uh, we just did like everything together that day. It was wonderful. And um, yeah, it was one of those moments, you know, when you meet someone and you think we're going to be friends forever. That's amazing. It's a God-ordained appointment. And then I don't think I had a reason to go to campus the next day just because my induction had, had been completed. But by the time I was back on campus, I like virtually never saw her ever again. <laughs> but it was a great first day. <laughs> what about yourself? <laughs> uh, that sounds like she was there to comfort you and console you on your first day and then wasn't needed after that. <laughs> That's it. But, um, That's it. One day forever, yep. friend. <laughs> Yep. (laughs) Um, For me, um, my first day was, uh, it was interesting. Uh, So for those of you who don't know about me, I was homeschooled all of my life from from when I was little all the way up through high school Um, and, you know, senior year all the way through. So all the way through all of schooling, I was homeschooled. So I had never really been I'd been in some classrooms here and there for like tests or whatever, but I hadn't actually been in a huge classroom for college or anything like that till I, until I went to college. Um, so I walk in on the first day and uh, I go into my building that I'm supposed to be in because we had gone and scouted out which buildings I was supposed to be in like the weekend before just to be prepared but we couldn't go in because it was a Saturday and the doors were locked. So we didn't know the, I didn't know the exact room number. Oh, I had the exact room number, but I didn't know like what it looked like or what the exact room was. So I walked in having, I had a little piece of paper that I had in my hand that had my, all of my classroom door numbers and everywhere I needed to go. So I was all prepared. And, um, but a really strange thing happened that they put the numbers on the on the back of the door. So like if the door was closed, the number would be on the, the door. But if the door was open, you didn't know what the exact door number was. And so all these teachers are standing out in, in the foyer area with the doors completely right. open and no way of knowing what numbers they are. Um, and so this, I was pretty nervous kid, you know, first day of college and everything. So I didn't ask anyone of what room number it was supposed to be. So I 
saw a room number on the opposite side of the of the room because that class would already be in session. So I was like, okay, so if I math this out, that means it'll be this one or this one. And so I was like, I think it's probably this one. So I went in because it to me it would make sense if you it how logically you would go around the room and that would be the door number. So I was like, okay, so this is the one. So I go in, I mm. sit down, and the teacher says, uh, so I, I get in just in time for the teacher to start. He's about to about to start teaching, and the professor about to start, and he goes, and welcome to Spanish one. And I was not supposed to be in Spanish one. I was supposed to be in history one, <laughs> U.S. history one. <laughs> so I uh, quickly get all my things back together, throw it in my backpack. And he's like, what, you're leaving so soon? And I was like, yes, I'm in the wrong class. And he's like, are you sure you don't want to stay for Spanish? And I was like, no, I didn't pay for Spanish. I paid for U.S. history. So I snuck out of the room. <laughs> so the rest of the day went fine because the other buildings are not stupid and have only their door numbers on the back of doors. Um so the rest of the day went fine. They had they have the numbers in logical, viewable, so everyone knows what number it is. But yeah, the first day was uh, a little rough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, so I was technically late. I was late to my first U.S. Okay. history class. In my first class, I was late because I was in some other class. Uh, so yeah. anyway, that that academics can our... be so dull sometimes. <laughs> yes, they they can be. It doesn't make any sense for people who have higher education. Goodness. <laughs> yes. uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. But anyway, it's time for us to move on to our uh, Bible portion of the uh, morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. And uh, we are going to be in Psalms chapter 14. Um, and I'll be reading it for us. We'll be reading all seven verses. Um, I will point out a couple things uh, that I that I noticed from this passage. It, it was my uh, Bible reading. I've been going through Psalms uh, this year. It's, it's uh, broken into going through Psalms through the whole year. So that'll be um, a really cool thing that I'll be able to do, but um, I'll I'll give some of the notes that I got from uh, from this passage, and then Brendan, you can uh, you can add some, and uh, then close us out with prayer or however you'd like to close us out. Um, so let's go to Psalms fourteen, <clears throat> and Psalms awesome. fourteen verse one says, "The fool has said in his heart, there is no God; they are corrupt; they have done abominable works; there is none who does good." The Lord looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. They have all turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is none who does good. No, not one. Have all the workers of iniquity no knowledge? Who eats, my, who eats up my people as they eat bread and do not call on the Lord? There, there they are in great fear, for God is with the generation of the righteous. You shame the counsel of the poor, but the Lord is his right, is his refuge. Oh, that salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord brings back the captivity of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. All right. Very good psalm. 
Um, it starts off sort of showing the depravity of man. It starts off showing how, you know, there's no one, there's no one who's good. They are corrupt, evil. No one does good. God's looked down from heaven to see if anybody actually understands God and nobody does. Um, only way people understand or know about God is through him building a relationship by his power, not through anything we can do. Um, and so God is going to be the judge of these people. It moves into verse four saying, mm-hmm. you know, have all the workers of iniquity, no knowledge. Do they not understand that I'm the ruler, that I'm God? Do they, and they eat up my people. They, the people who follow God, you know, they get abused and beaten and persecuted here on this earth. Um, but yet they don't call on God. Uh, everyone should know that God is the ruler and supreme over every heart and every person and nobody people don't pray to god if, if you notice that the people who are mm-hmm. doing evil they don't pray to god because they're going against god um and then i really like verse five and it says that they are in great fear um one of the things that the, that was noted on this from charles spurgeon is he said that um you could be the, the people who are cowards are wicked people and the wicked are cowards. Basically they're, they're the same when you are so against God and you're so living for yourself and focused on doing wrong and treating other people wrong. They're, they're cowards at heart. They don't respect other people. They don't have righteous, good kindness in them. They're corrupt, wicked, and afraid at their hearts. Um, I think of the first person that comes to mind of this, I think of, uh, of Hitler and how he, in, if he thought he, what he was doing was right and upstanding, I don't think he would have committed suicide. He was afraid of what the people would, what the Americans would do to him, what the, uh, what, you know, even Germans or even British would do to him. Um, because, he was wicked and was a coward at his heart. He was afraid of a judgment that would come back on him. Um, and God does that. God places that in people's hearts. For those who don't know Christ, he places that in their hearts that they have an end and he's going to make them afraid. Um, and we're not, us as Christians are not supposed to be afraid. So we're not supposed to be afraid of coronavirus, vaccines, mandates. We shouldn't be afraid of any of this stuff because we know that God's the one who's in control and in authority of all of it. Um, and so God is with the generation of the righteous. Even even the wicked know that God is with us, <clears throat> that God is protecting us and taking care of us and and helping us. Um, and he's our refuge. Um, and then it ends in verse 7 about the salvation of Israel, how God will, that it will come, that God will come and save Israel. He will bring back the captive people. Um, those of the nations, so those of us who have accepted Christ as Savior, he's coming back for us. He's coming to take us with him one day. Um, whether that's through our own deaths or whether through it's his return, we're going to be with him forever if we know him as our Lord and Savior. So we can be glad. We can rejoice. We don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear what's going to happen on this earth because God is with us um, and will be with us. So um, that's the end of my uh, my talking session. Um, Brendan, take it away and, and close us out. Awesome. Yeah, so um, 
When I hear, hear verse 1 even, I think Jesus echoes this when he says, No one is good but God alone. I think of the rich young ruler who came up to him and said, You know, Jesus, I have kept all the commands since I was a little boy. <laughs> and I love that because like, the Old Testament has like over 600 commands and throughout the full revelation of the New Testament, yeah. you know, there are like another 400 or so. Um, but he's just walking around like, oh, I've kept them all. And I love that when he actually starts itemizing them, he limits the 600, like to the 10 commandments. And the only commands he gives are like, you know, the physical ones. <laughs> it's like, you know, I haven't committed adultery and I haven't murdered anybody. Obviously, you know, Jesus, you know, would, would expand on that and say, you know, that murdering someone in your heart and lusting in your soul. He doesn't even look at the heart attitude at all or at any of like, you know, the, the, the difficult ones about idol worship. He just looks at the physical ones. Well, I haven't done this, you know, I haven't done that. Um, and that's, I don't mean this with hubris because, you know, obviously sin has always been there. Pride has always been there. But they are days in which we're living. Well, I've been vaccinated twice and I've received a booster. That makes me a good person. It doesn't. Well, I have foregone masks and vaccines because I'm a free agent of a person. Doesn't make you good. Well, I didn't vote for that person. So I am not to blame for anything. You're to blame for something. Well, I don't do what my neighbor does. That makes me... Don't finish that sentence. It really doesn't. There is only one thing that makes you righteous, which means right standing before God. And that is putting your faith for your salvation in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The power of his blood to wash away all sin from as far back as when you were just a speck in your father's eye. The power of Christ living in you now, the Holy Spirit, sanctifying you day by day. So long as you go on believing in the cross and the empty grave, he's making you newer and better and holier and more restored. More like him, aligning your soul, your heart, your mind, your will, your emotions with the Father's heartbeat and the promise of glorification. That if the rapture happens when you're on the earth, he will snatch you up, and he will make your body imperishable, glorified and new, and you will walk in heaven in 3D. And if you're dead, that's okay, because he will resurrect your body, he'll make it equally perfect, he'll shoot it up to his castle in the sky, <laughs> and you'll walk around with your spirit body in a glorified physical body. That is salvation. That is what it means to be righteous. But it only comes through the cross of Jesus. Moses was great. He wasn't perfect. Yeah. He didn't get to enter the promised land. Josiah was great. Yeah. Until he made a really stupid mistake and got himself killed. Um, Joseph was great. But... uh. When he was Prime Minister of Egypt and started playing mind games with his brothers, things all about Harry. <laughs> the best people in the Bible 
were not holy enough to be right standing before God in and of themselves. It's a gift from God the Father. And I know Logan has received that gift. I know I have. And we hope you do today as well. How do you get it? You just receive it. You say yes. Papa G. <laughs> yes, God, I need that gift. <laughs> I've got spiritual stains, but I want to be washed as white as snow. I've made some pretty stupid mistakes, but I want to live more wisely, more successfully, more prosperously. I've hurt people, and I've said things I can't take back, but I can change my confession going forward. I've lived a pretty rotten life, and people have done me wrong, but I don't want to perpetuate that cycle. I want to be on an upward trajectory heavenward and just say okay i believe the cross i believe that grave is empty because christ has walked out of it and i believe what he says about me that i'm clean whole and restored in his hands free redeemed that i was born with a purpose that i was sent here for a reason and he'll see it through to completion and that's our prayer for every single one of you listening, that you would hear this message. It's good news. Call the gospel. That will resonate with your heart. And if you're listening to it and you feel a bit of a tug on the inside, like, yeah, I need this gift. That's Holy Spirit ministering to your soul. And you just say, yes, Lord Jesus. In you come. I receive that free gift. And he will instantly make you new. And you'll be his child. Amen. You'll be his forever. So long as you want to believe in that. It's super news. And it just gets better and better. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen indeed. All right. Well, thank you for listening. And uh, we will see you all next, next week and next time. <laughs> Bye, everybody. My friends. <laughs>